Welcome to Inspirations, a podcast where we discuss everything relevant to the Christian life. Now, here is your host, Jay Spurlock. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Inspirations, the podcast. I'm your host, Jay Spurlock. I know it has been a minute since we've talked in the midst of the pandemic and the chaos. Uh, I have been in a season of struggle myself. Um, I lost my father a few months ago, and it has been a a difficult thing uh, to grieve. But also, it has been a season that God has called me deeper in faith. And I'm excited to see what He holds for me and what He wants to reveal to me and also what I can share with y'all during it all. So... Um, I wanted to get back in the swing of things with a, an interview. Uh, I have was joined by a good friend of mine, Joe Gertis. He was gracious enough to join me. Uh, he is from worshipfully.org, a ministry that he teaches adoration prayer and really just teaching people uh, some tools to uh, grow their relationship with Christ at a deeper level and also their prayer life at a deeper level. So, uh, this is just a good casual conversation of faith between two good friends of faith and uh, one that is centered on Jesus. And I think you will enjoy it. And I think you may be able to come away with something that will help you along your walk in faith. All right. So today I'm joined by a good friend of mine, Joel, and um, I wanted to bring him on here to kind of explain how we got to know each other and then more into what God is doing through him. Um, and I have been a, a recipient of that. So uh, I love sharing people and resources that I come across that help me with my journey in faith. And Joel has definitely been one of those. So hello, Joel. Good hello, Jay. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So how's, uh, how's the weather in Louisville? Louisville, Kentucky. Yeah, it's it's beautiful day today. It's we've just come through several days of rain, but today it is sunshine and seventy. All right. So uh, you know, I'm going to just kind of start out with how I got to know you. Okay. Sure. So it's really interesting. So I guess uh, one Wednesday night before going into church, I had Spotify on, and this song called uh, called A God That Saves. Um, comes on and it's this all headed man, redheaded man. Uh, not me, not you. <laughs> uh, and so I'm like, I really like that song because, um, you know, going into my story a little bit of just how God, I felt rescued me. Um, I always had a relationship, but it, it really took off from there and I really got to know him. And, um, so I started checking into more and then here comes Iron Bell music and they, they worship in these barns and, and I'm like, gosh, I want to go. Uh, I never made it so disappointed, but, uh, it was just really cool. The, the environment that y'all create or the spirit, you can feel mm-hmm. it. So I went to a show in, in, uh, Nashville and then I went to another show in Franklin, but going back to the one in Nashville, what I really remember is, uh, I got, <laughs> I kind of met y'all before the show, uh, I guess, and because uh, me and Stephen talked a little bit before, and then um, I was like uh, just checking in before the show, and and then y'all perform and everything, and then I stay after, and I didn't want to be that groupy kind of guy, but like I wanted to talk with y'all, and um, so y'all asked to pray for me, and um, kind of my history of I don't know what it is. I just kind of I'm like uh, I don't know, and they're like no, it's okay. And uh, it started out with just complete silence. And I was like, you know, my anxious self just started kind of, okay, we're good. And, you know, I remember you, you're like, shh, it's all good. It's all good. And, yeah. and so anyways, I can't even remember exactly how the prayer went, but um, Joel, or Stephen brought up my, uh, my situation that involved my sister. And he did not know my story at all. And he's like, is there something I need to pray for? 
with you and your sister. <laughs> I just ever, that's like a Holy Spirit moment. And uh, of course, I loved your music and stuff. And so I started following you all and staying in contact and it's just taking off from there. So um, yeah, it was I a special can, moment. Yeah. Uh, like, so I travel, you know, a lot with Stephen and uh, original member of Iron Bell Music. And uh, I'm a worship writer, leader, singer, guitarist. And uh, but, you know, the thing that we love to do when we travel uh, is do ministry. So we don't want to just perform songs when we're traveling we want to invite people into intimate moments of worship where we declare god's name and nature and character and then um like you said in between you 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 had been speaking with steven even beforehand uh even before we arrived i think you'd reached out just Mm -hmm. through uh social media and and so we love connecting with people at events before events through through uh digital means as well because we want to see people's hearts come alive to who god is and that um, christianity is not a set of rules and regulations and principles that we just live by uh, it's a relationship with a real living god and because he's alive we have uh extraordinary moments like with you where we we just sit and we pray and then the holy spirit intervenes because we don't know anything but he knows all things and he searches the deep things of god and reveals them to us just like it says in first corinthians chapter 2 where paul says i've been given the mind of christ i can make judgments about all things and it's not really you know paul didn't doesn't have all the information but because he was united with the holy spirit he could um ask god for his thoughts and so we will find ourselves ministering to people before or after events worship events that we do and um and they don't know, they don't have, a lot of them don't have a grid for it because they've never experienced uh, um, an individual that they've never met before having some sort of uh, kind of, I'll say, inside scoop a little bit on their own life. And they're like, you have no reason for knowing that. Well, of course I, I don't. But the Holy Spirit knows everything about you. And when we tune ourselves into what uh, I've heard other people say this. I love it. And they said, whenever you're ministering, you want to tune into God's affection for somebody. That you're not just praying for somebody so you can check off a box. You want to connect with their heart and connect with God's heart for that person. So when you're, anytime you're ministering, it should be out of a posture of his um, attitude. Uh, and that's affection. That's love. His nature and character uh, is first and foremost good and love you know he is good and he is love so when you when you set yourself up to do that he is really pleased and excited to work in and through you when you're uh, positioning yourself to be a conduit of his character and his nature which is love and it's for people and you're not passing judgment on anybody he's not giving you any sort of like inside scoop that he doesn't want you to know he's sharing things with you that he wants this person to know he sees and so some a lot of people they're like wow that's like it feels like the first time uh Mm -hmm. that god saw me just like in scripture where it talks about hagar after uh, abraham sent her away she was off and uh, by herself and lonely and she just had an encounter with the lord and she's and that was where he actually gave himself the name i'm the lord your god that sees I see you. I see you in your circumstance. And that's what a lot of people even need right now in this season of life, that that God is not distant and he's he cares, but he and he's not but he's not distant. He's right up in our business and um, he he loves you more than you could ever dream or ever imagine. And he knows every detail. You don't have to remind him about the details of your life, although he loves it when we talk to him about the details of our life. We can cast our cares on him, but he already knows. Uh, so then something like that, what you experienced happens and you're like, mm. that's kind of hitting the nail on the head. And you're like, wow, you really do see me. You really are the God that's alive. Yes. And that, and oh, man, I just, it is one of those moments. Uh, I remember it and mm-hmm. I can tell you where I was, what time of day it was. And just yeah. leaving that day, like I'm just, I had to tell somebody, so I called my sister (laughs) and I told her and I'm like, you're not going to believe this. And it just is something like, you know, I've heard this said before the God in me sees the God in you. Mm. And, um, it was something that awakened me. Like I was, I was on that journey, but it really just kind of 
hit me right there. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I love arm bell music. Um, I love every song. And I think it's because God, like you really, the lyrics, everything is just, it's, it touches a special place in you. I know it did for me. Yeah. So if we write out of a place, uh, what we call adoration mm-hmm. and adoration is simply telling someone why you love them. It's the why behind your affection. So like, um, this is, this goes for any couple, married couple and, um, or even just friend friendship. Like when you tell your friend or your spouse, you love them, your intimacy level is that big. Now, when you tell them why you love them, Mm -hmm. it just starts growing and growing and growing and the intimacy level starts increasing. So when we begin telling the Lord why we love him and we use his word, the written word, the Bible as the source of um, like phrases and scripture that describe his character and his nature, we, we repeat it back to him. Now you can you can just say it out loud and that's prayer. You can sing it and it's song, but it's still prayer. And uh, the basis of our lyrics is typically adoration. So we take his name, nature, and character, and you know a lot of worship music uh, falls into a couple categories. One is there's I don't know if it's praise. Praise is like directly to him, and some worships described as like truth about him that we sing to each other just to remind each other that God mm-hmm. is who He says He is. But it's like we're sing- that could be like singing about him like he's not even present so that's why we always want to like write lyrics that are direct conversations to him because we know if we get people singing these songs wow you we just tricked you into talking to him or sing to him and it's like you're singing the truth of who he says he is in scripture to him and what's going to happen is inevitably you hear that and believing comes by hearing and hearing the word of god so when we when we sing truth of who he says he is in scripture and it goes into your ears and it comes out of your own mouth and back into your ears you're you're partnering the holy spirit to believe it more so that's where it gets exciting when you really believe the 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 truth of what is in his word man that is yes i I mean you're just sitting there like i'm just having deja vu in a way like um thinking about so many of your songs, like I, I say that because I, uh, I would, I would kind of tune into y'all would do like little workshops about how to lead worship. I'm not a mm-hmm. worship leader, but like, I just wanted to learn and connect mm-hmm. on that level. And I adored that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, I mean, I did a whole review on your, on y'all's album, every song because of what it meant to me. And uh, one of the lines I remember, I can't exactly remember which song, but um, I will, I will see it when I believe it. Yeah. And that's from, that's from our album, Glory to Glory and the song, Glory to Glory. And that comes from second Corinthians chapter three. So in second Corinthians chapter three, you know, Paul is framing up the type of relationship that Moses had with God and the type of relationship Moses had with, with God was he could go into the tent of meeting, meet with him face to face he would come out after meeting him face to face and his skin this is not a metaphor this is literal literally his skin would glow from the time that he spent with the lord in the tent of meeting and it said that uh moses's glory would fade so it's kind of like you know how a battery eventually loses some of its life uh moses the 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 glory would start fading on, on him with his time spent in the Lord. But it says anybody that comes to the Lord through Jesus, their glory never fades. In fact, it does, not only does it not fade, it increases. It goes from glory to glory to glory to glory. And uh, in John chapter 10, where Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead, uh, Jesus has this, there's this real famous line where, you know, Martha and Mary are, are concerned. And Jesus is like, didn't I tell you that um, I'm the resurrection. They're like, yeah, we know he'll ra- he'll he'll rise again on the last day. He's like, no, no, no. I am the resurrection. If you believe, you will see the glory of God. And what that means is that to the degree we believe, we will see His glory in our lives. And so that phrase of um, I'll I'll see it when I believe it flips on its head 
this idea and the sentiment that we have that's popular in Western culture and mm -hmm. e English speaking culture mm -hmm. and probably every other culture on the planet, mm -hmm. which is um, I only trust what I can see and I'll believe it when I see it. As opposed to believe it before you see it, because that's that's where faith gets involved and you're like, OK, I'm going to take God at his word. I'm going to begin believing the truth of what he says about how he frames up reality. Right. He says he's over this reality on the earth and that his ways are higher than our ways and that he can do anything he wants. He's sovereign. He's omnipotent. He's omniscient. He's all powerful. He's all knowing. So he can do anything he wants, anytime he wants. And he always does it through the lens of his character mm -hmm. and his nature. So he never changes. Now his deeds may change a little bit, like right. the way he, that kind of work, works itself out. But what I love about that song is it, it encourages people to say, because um, mo most of our faith comes from a place of I'm not going to believe something until I've seen it and it's kind of like taking on like that Thomas type of heart which is mm -hmm. unless I touch your wounds Lord I'm not going to believe and so you know Jesus shows himself to Thomas right. after he rises right. from the dead he goes oh I believe now and yeah. that's a lot of us and, and he has grace for that uh, in our lives because a lot of us most of us have places in our life where you're like, you know what? Um, I believe God up to this point, but maybe not for this thing. Mm. I'm gonna have to see it before I actually believe it. But there is a there's a pattern that is in Scripture that where we can engage His Word in such a way um, where we're honest with ourselves about our doubts and our unbelief, because sin at its base root is unbelief. That's all it is. It doesn't matter if you're out. I like. And let me reframe that. It does matter. But the act of sin, like let's say it's, it could be drug addiction. It could be pornography. It could be lust. It could be greed. It could be envy, jealousy, hatred, anger. All of those things are simply byproducts of unbelief. It's just something about God that we don't believe because if we really believed who we were and who he is and that we're in him and that we're one with him and that when when christ died we died when he rose we rose and that we're seated with him in heavenly places and that we've been given a new nature uh those things would start just to kind of pass away but there's this uh invitation from the holy spirit and from the lord to literally uh consume you know this thing this this book in such a way where we're in partnership with a living God. There's a lot of people that know how to read the Bible, but they don't know how to read the Bible with the author. And so the author is literally seated inside of you. And he wants to lead you into the life and the meaning and the understanding of what this is. And basically like in Jeremiah where it says, you know, uh, just ask, Ask me and I'll show you unsearchable things. God is that unsearchable thing. And he is that reward, that great reward that we're, we're seeking. Like a lot of times people treat God like he's just an ends to a means or a means to an end rather. And we just go to God when we're in trouble or have a pain point in our life and we want him to fix it. When we really start beginning to realize, oh, he's... He's my sole source of satisfaction. He's he's my delight. He's the he's everything. Everything else is gravy. Everything else is icing. Like all the benefits and promises that that come from knowing him. Those benefits are great, but they're just benefits. He is the real deal and and, and he wants to take us on a journey where we get this stuff inside of us and we actually believe it. Cuz when you believe it, see it. all the limitations go i mean there's just all like almost like any limitation that you can think of pretty much just evaporates because mm. you're like oh i know he's good i know he's mm -hmm. a father i know he's a provider mm -hmm. so in my heart that i've had i've had like a revelation of parts of his character not all of his character all of his nature but i've had uh glimpses and i'll say like a little bit of revelation around his goodness and his and him being a father and him being a provider so i just trust him in ways that i've I hadn't in years past. And now I'm seeing right now, especially in this really strange season that we all find ourselves in, I'm finding that a lot of people are reaching out and saying, are you doing okay? Cause you're in ministry and this must be a really right. difficult situation right. for you financially. And I'm like, well, um, I'm thriving. 
you mm -hmm. know and when i say thriving i just mean um uh, it's like everything's taken care of and uh it you it doesn't add up unless you have a grid in your in your heart and your mind for how his kingdom works and then you're like it's real and that's what people desperately didn't know that it's real it's like kingdom i've used that for kingdom currency and like to me i know so many times where i've gone through my stuff of where i had, had the same bills but now one paycheck and it's like how did this happen no not you know it's not the prosperity guest gospel because uh, a lot of times it gets tough but it is like when it don't add up that's that's god in it you know that's the only that's way to right. explain it so yeah my encouragement to people that are like trying to pursue the, like a lot of times what I'll, i love to teach people this so it's like you know steven is probably f f like 99 percent, if not 100 percent of his time is spent within the music realm of what uh -huh. we do and uh, probably 60 70 percent of my time is spent uh just doing discipleship because i love teaching people how to know him really really richly and really really well that's a calling on my life is the discipleship arm a calling on steven's life and the grace on his life is high evangelism mm -hmm. like he's really oh, called gosh, to that yeah. to that role so we complement each other really well and so the stuff that I love to teach, like, especially when it comes to like what you were talking about, um, under knowing, just knowing him intimately mm -hmm. as a provider, uh, it's not health and wealth, but it can smell very close because this is what happens. As soon as you start saying, this is how God always acts, you're kind of getting in dangerous water. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what health and wealth is, is saying God always does this. And it's his desire that every single person on this planet or every, every son and daughter is a millionaire on this planet. Well, uh, I think we, we can safely say that's not the case because, you know, just by virtue of seeing how uh, that's, it doesn't play out that way. Mm -hmm. Now, what I do know is his character and his nature never change. And his character is he's generous. He's also good. And he's also a father. And he also treats you. If you treat him like a father, guess what he'll treat you like? He'll treat you like a son. Mm -hmm. And as a son, that means he will... Um, disciple you and father you into a knowledge of who he is and every guess what what you need and what I need may be different things right. so this season of my life I'm experiencing parts of his nature and what it feels like an abundant way mm -hmm. where like I feel like I've got the keys to the kingdom all the time and like I can just walk in at times and just be like hey I need this and it just right. happens right, right. There's been seasons uh, that I've walked through where it's just like it literally is manna and you're walking through the wilderness and you just get what you need for that day. Now, like your your probably your testimony is like, man, it doesn't add up. Sometimes it mm -hmm. just does not add up. But it mm -hmm. felt, there's seasons of manna and then there's seasons where you feel like I just mm -hmm. <laughs> think I stumbled onto a mountain flowing with milk and honey, you right. know, and not everybody uh, in their lifetime necessarily experiences that. You know, we all have different timestamps on us, but we also are all different children. So he treats his children uh, to according to what they need uh, in their process, in their journey, in their story, because he's the author, you know. Right. Well, that kind of segues into I, the main thing. I, one of the things I wanted to do is share what you've done in my life. And, and I could go on more, hopefully, sometime. But I wanted to talk about, you know, you kind of started your own little ministry, not little, mm -hmm. but uh, worshipfully.org. Technically, it's little because it's just me. Well, you know, that's <laughs> I know true. You I'm kind of the same route. <laughs> that's like, right. That's me, that's right. you know. Um, but you, you say, uh, how did you put it? Uh, watch your video. Um, teaching people to know God, to love God, and to be transformed in the process. And be transformed in the process. So basically what I teach people is uh, the same tools that somebody taught me several years ago that caused breakthrough in my relationship with him. Um, I'll show you this real quick. Just going to share my okay. screen real fast and you'll be able to see. My website is uh, worshipfully.org. Uh, so worshipfully.org. Um, I just launched an online adoration prayer e-course, and I'm, I'm going to talk to you a little bit more about what that is. But um, 
did I stop the share? You don't see the mask anymore, right? No. I'm okay. No. So uh, adoration prayer is kind of the, one of the tools that was taught to me about nine, 10 years ago. And like I said, it's adoration is the core and the like foundationally where Stephen and I write most of the lyrics of our, our songs. Uh, it's what builds intimacy in us. It's going, it's the difference between saying, I love you. And I love you because it's the mm -hmm. why behind your love. Now, what I teach people is, um, two things. Um, there's two massive scriptures that uh, are pivotal. And G when Jesus was challenged by the Pharisees, they said, what's the greatest commandment? And he said, love the Lord, your God, right. your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Now, when his disciples said, what's the work that God requires, the father requires, this is what he said. He said, believe, <laughs> believe in the one he sent. That's it believe so he just boiled down all 630 whatever uh old testament laws into love him and believe him and uh there's one other verse that is really crucial and, and jesus told people it's like knowing god is eternal life so we should pursue this this knowing of him and the, the more i studied the more i uh went on this journey of like adoration prayer, like just learning how to tell God, I love him and tell him why and use scripture to do that. Um, I saw, I began seeing a pattern form and the pattern was this. You can't love somebody you don't know. It's impossible. Mm -hmm. Like I could introduce you to somebody, one of my friends that you've never met. And I'd ask you if you love them, you'd be like, I just met them. How's that even, how can I, how can I love them? So what I see is that knowledge, like an intimate knowing must start first and and for that to happen this has to happen first right right so there's right. there's a progression where it goes from uh his word into this intimate knowing relationship and you're not reading the word for information that's what most people know how to do most people do not know how to read like i said with the author that is present in your abdomen right right <laughs> he comes and he resides in our chest and in us and we are now the holy holies and the holy spirit's present to lead us so what you do is you get a tool and a framework like adoration prayer that takes scripture and uh, and teaches you just to pray it back to him and it's literally his character and his names so his names and his character and you find scripture references that support that i'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute but uh, just so you can get to know him what you realize is at once you really start pursuing a intimate knowledge of him is love begins to build. And a lot of people beat themselves up because they're like, I don't know how to love God. And then they just, they just kind of throw their hands up and give up because they're like, it feels inauthentic. Or if I'm going to love God, I'm just going to do it through acts of service because I know how to do that. And I can do that all day long. And rightly so. I mean, acts of service are loving him. As often as you've given a drink to this one, you did it for me. As often as you right. visited that person in prison, you did it for me. However, if I just go and um, only do acts of service for my wife, we're going to have a very uh, strained relationship because that's only one dimensional and there's five love languages. All right. So it's like in incorporating like adoration prayer where you're like, okay, I'm just going to start telling God who he is and say, I love you because, and I have a whole e-course on my site. It's like literally available to anybody that wants to do it uh, for a donation, literally of any amount. So you can do it for a buck. You can do it for a dollar if you want to. And Oh, I'm in. I'm going to go. Uh, <laughs> you're in. And yeah. then you can join the, uh, I have a private Facebook group too that uh, helps support everybody that kind of goes through that process. You don't have to join it, but if you want to mm -hmm. join it, it's available for encouragement and for like weekly updates. If I'll, I'll do uh, Q and A's just with our private group. Now what happens when you begin knowing him is you can't help but love him. You just, your, your affection for him grows and he is more invested in helping you than you are in helping you. And so my encouragement for people is just get excited about this because he actually wants to help you learn how to love him. And it starts with knowing him. Well, the cool thing about learning how to love him is you'll believe him more because the people that you really love in your life, you, you, you have a trust that grows. Like, so that same friend that I just introduced you to, you don't love him yet. And because you don't even really know them, you, you're less, less likely to trust them. But the people right. that are in your life that you love, you begin to trust more and believe more. And remember what Jesus said in John 10, if you believe, 
you will see the glory of God. Right. So what happens when your belief elevates, your love, your, your knowledge of him elevates, and this is not information and stats and statistics. This is intimate knowledge. And I use this example a lot because like you may know a lot of uh, stats around like a professional athlete, like LeBron James or, right. or uh, you know, like Tom Brady, but that doesn't give you the right to go knock on their door and them invite you into the house. They don't know who you are because you don't have an, they don't, it's a mutual intimate knowledge. You can't just go in their house. Right. Cause you don't yeah. know them. You just know stats about them. Well, that sums up most, a lot of Christians uh, relationship with God is just one built on information and stats. When we move beyond that into this intimacy realm where we begin to love him, we will then begin to believe him. And when we believe him, we'll see his glory. When I say see his glory, I mean, uh, the, the, his kingdom starts wrapping itself around you. Mm-hmm. It starts wrapping itself. Uh, and his king, let me exp- explain it this way. His kingdom is his reality. Mm-hmm. So Adam and Eve had an experience with the living God walking in the cool of the garden every day. They had a reality that most of no, almost, I don't think anybody on this planet really can grasp that Jesus says, well, I became a curse for you on the tree. There was a curse when they got kicked out of the garden, but you became a curse for us when you're on the tree. And your very last words when you were on the tree was, or when you were hanging on the cross was, it is finished. Well, what's finished? So like there's this invitation for every believer to start pushing on that with uh your questions with to the lord say well what did you mean it's finished like how much of it's finished like some (laughs) some of it all of it what am i invited into because my personal belief is we're invited back into the garden Hmm. and that garden represents this um like this it's not perfection because we still live in a fallen world but the reality of his kingdom and his government and his reality come over you in the midst of us being in this fallen world and you begin seeing like like we see supernatural things all the time because we're because we're growing in an intimate knowledge of who he is and it's not because we just want to experience cool things and things that are supernatural it just happens because we're sons of god and we're we know who our dad is and we know who our father is so then it just becomes life this is just normal Christian life. And you see other people that are really pushing the, the, full, the envelope on that, so to speak, uh, you know, and, uh, throughout the world that are trying to encourage people. Like, there's a whole lot more to this Christian life than just going to church, memorizing some scriptures, tithing, and uh, singing a song on Sunday and hearing a sermon. It is literally being transformed into the likeness of a son. And Jesus is the perfect he was the perfect model of what a son actually is. And you start believing, oh, God, you're serious about transforming me into a son. And Jesus is the picture of what that son looks like. Mm-hmm. What happens, though, and most of us is we're like, oh, I know that's true, but I'll never reach even a modicum, even 1% of what that looks like here on the earth. Well, the way you frame it up is right. what you're, you're likely going to receive. And the more I read into the New Testament about what God's intentions are for me right here on this earth, it looks like conforming me into the exact likeness of Jesus, right. conforming you into the exact likeness of Jesus, which means we all get to walk around and be imitators of God. Mm. So that's where it gets really exciting. So this mm. is what, So here's the model again. So here's the framework. You go from the word into knowing and this is through the framework of just praying adoration prayer, praying the truth of what scripture says about who God is. He said what he says about himself and what he says about you and his character and his nature just over and over. And I have a process for this that encourages people to ask God. It's like, who do you want me to know you as right now? Because you let him lead you on that journey. He's mm-hmm. the disciple or the new covenant. Like for those of you who are like uh, not aware, we live in a new covenant. Right. A covenant is an agreement, and it's an agreement that the Lord himself creates. The first covenant was with Abraham, and it was, I will bless your descendants. So the only thing that you needed to do to be in that covenant was to be a biological child of (laughs) Abraham. 
That's it. Right. Nothing else. It doesn't matter if you did, if you went and stole that guy's goats next door, you would still get blessed because God said, I'm going to bless your, your children. Mm -hmm. The next covenant was with Moses. And he said, if, do you want, do you want to, do you want this new covenant? And the people of Israel, after they were delivered from Egypt said, yes, we'll take this covenant, which was, you have to obey all of these things and it will go well with you. If you do not, you will be cursed. The first covenant with Abraham was one of pedigree. The second one was one of performance. And then along came the third covenant, the new covenant, the better covenant. So you read in Hebrews 11 about the cloud of witnesses, and it says, they did all these amazing feats in faith, but we have been given something much better than they. Right. And their faith is actually made complete with us. Their faith is made complete with us. Abraham's faith is made complete with Jay Spurlock's faith. <laughs> it blows my mind. So here's, the, here's the new covenant. The new covenant is, you can read it in Jeremiah. Just do a Google search. Jeremiah, new covenant, and you'll get this. And it'll, it, it basically says this. I will remember your sins no more. Performance, out the door. And I will be your teacher. You don't need a man to teach you. I will teach you personally. So now God, Jesus, you know, introduces the father for his, how you should pray our father right. who art in heaven. He's, he's like, that was a brand new concept for a uh, Jewish person at that time. People are like, what are you, are you calling God right. your father? Right. Really? That is uh, arrogant. He's like, no, that's the, that's the new covenant. The new covenant is he's now your father. He himself will teach you. That's through the, the the Holy Spirit. That's the only connection to what Jesus say in John 17. I'm sending you the Holy Spirit. And he will tell you everything I wanted him to tell you because he will only tell you what I give him to tell you. It's the best. It's this the best. So the new covenant is two things. He remembers your sins no more. So no longer is it based on performance and you get Jesus record and you get his title. So now your pedigree, mm -hmm. your pedigree is Jesus. Your performance is Jesus. It's grace, 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 grace. That's what I was about to say. It's all grace. It's grace. So, and so now we don't, we don't deserve any of it. And we find ourselves in this position of highly favored. <laughs> you who are highly favored. So then we get to um, say, okay, well, how much can happen right now? That's really the big question. And I think a lot of denominations will like, they are, you know, they're like rubbing each other raw, like right. frustrated on what, what people think. Most people have a not me not now theology. They have a, um, Jesus saved me and it's enough to get me to heaven, but I'm waiting for him to come back to clean up this mess. Others have, uh, and that you might consider that like a 30 fold response. So in Mark four, where it talks about the seed being planted and some mm -hmm. had a 30 fold return, some had a 60 fold and some had a hundred fold return. Right. That's like a 30 fold response. It's a good response salvation's present you you receive jesus into your heart but then you're like that's it and we're just waiting for his return and we're just gonna do our religious duty and go to church and try not to uh miss any sundays so we have really good attendance but it's still slipping back into an old covenant if you think it's about performance right if you move forward and it's a 60-fold return you might be like wow not only did he save me but i can do things like he did because he filled me with his power that might be like a 60 fold response. And it's right. like you, you start entering these faith realms where you're like, wow, he can, we can actually do some things that, that he did that, that he's restoring in the body of Christ. The truth, which is he still heals. He is in you. You're one spirit with him. You're one with him. There's, and because you're one with him, the availability for healing to actually happen now is present. Yeah. It's just all present. It never went away. It's just that we just don't have a, we didn't have a revelation as a church or, or as the bride or individuals that he's in you to actually do certain things. And there's a lot of people that disagree with that and don't like that. And that's okay. Uh, they're, they're, we're all part of one body. But right. then there's a hundredfold response, which is not only did he save me and I can do things like he did, he wants me to be just like him. It's not just about the actions and the deeds. It's about his nature and his character. So mm -hmm. in Peter, it talks about, I've been given the divine nature. 
We've all been given the divine nature. We've been given his nature. The nature of God right. is in you. So when he's talking to Nicodemus in John 3, and he says, unless you're born from above, you have no part of me. Now, remember in John chapter 1, where Jesus came down to earth, and he said, forever before he came, he was the word. So when, when, I, when it says the word, became flesh. imagine this. Okay. Like you, hear, you, feel, like you feel the breath of God, the... And the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet, Aleph. Aleph. And he's just the word of God. He wasn't Jesus before. He was Jesus when he came to earth. Right. He got the name when he be, took on flesh. Before, he was just the word of God. And he. so what happened? Where was he? He was unbegotten, which means he came from heaven. He came down to earth and became flesh. And then in John 3, and, and it's interesting, in John 1, this is what it says. I'm just going to go ahead and read this too, because it's so powerful when we really, really get this. So this is John uh, chapter 1. This is so rocking. <laughs> it is so rocking. You got me. I'm just like. Uh, so this just, is Jesus. He was I'm in the here. World. I'm, I'm listening. <laughs> Jesus was in the world, though the world was made through him. The world didn't recognize him. He made the world, he was in it, and they didn't know who he was. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet, this is fun, to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Now listen to this. Children born not of natural descent, nor human decision, or a husband's will, born of God born of God, of him. So when you're reborn, where's your delivery room? Heaven. You're, hmm. You are born of him. Okay. And he looks at, he looks at, uh, you know, Nicodemus in chapter three, it says, unless right. you're born of spirit, you have no part of me. Now what happens is Jesus's word takes on flesh. And then he looks at Nicodemus in chapter three, flesh, and says, now be born of word. Or Nicodemus. Why? Why? Now we can interface. Now, when, it, when mm. God says he has a son, what's he saying? He says, I want somebody like me. And he cho chose man. It makes no sense. It, makes, it doesn't make any sense because you read in like Hebrews 2 where it says, what's man that you're mindful of him? You made us lower than the angels. We're literally in the food chain lower than angels and yet says, God says, I'm going to crown you with life and I'm going to make the angels even in the future subject to your to your rule. It, it It's mind-blowing. Mm -hmm. So there's things that are yet to come. But there's things that are right now. So I'm, I'm in a posture where I'm trying to push on Lord, I, I'm not going to be uh, irreverent, and I'm not going to push on things you don't want me to push on, but most of what I read in the New Testament is a yes me, yes now mentality, where it's like, and when I say yes me, it's yes Jesus, yes Jesus now, but it's like that there's a oneness that I have with him, because in, I think it's uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, anyone that's been joined to Christ is one spirit with him. Mm -hmm. First Corinthians chapter uh, two, we've been given his mind. And first Corinthians chapter 10 or 12, where it says we were one body. You're one body, one mind, one spirit with Jesus. And so now we're in this relationship with him where oneness is taken over and he wants it to blow our minds because our body, physical bodies can't contain everything that he's done. That's why it says our spirits are seated with him in heavenly places. Hmm. And that, like, wait a minute, we're seated with you in heavenly places. places. What does that even, what does that mean? Because we're, we've, we're, as a church, most of us are disconnected from the spirit because we don't really teach about what the spirit is and that, you know, like even C.S. Lewis, I believe it was him that said, you're not a body. You have a body. You are a spirit. When God made you, he spoke you, he spoke a spirit. That spirit fills a tent, which is a body. Right. You have a body, and you, the moment you, you really can start progressing in this is when you start allowing your, yourself to uh, 
divide uh, out the flesh and realize that this is not the sum of who I am. The sum of who I am is my spirit. And it happens to be seated with him right now. Hmm. That's what the scripture says. Hmm. So if anybody disagrees with that, you're disagreeing with what the word of God says. And the word of God says you're seated with him right now. Why is Jesus seated? Hebrews says it's because the work is done. And a high priest only sits down when the work is done. So when he said that on the cross, that it is finished, you are seated with a seated high priest because you're a royal priest you're a priest you see it with them you're royal you're a king he's a king he's a king of kings he's a king of you but you're a king he's the high priest you're a royal priest you're a priest he he's your high priest and he sits down because the work is done why are you seated because the work is done so a big part of the season that i'm in is him teaching me how much we get to rest as believers and we're like, but I've got to do something. I've got to make sense of what's going on right now. I lost my job or I've got this diagnosis or this, this uh, circumstance is happening in my life. I've got to do something. The only thing that we have to do is learn how to rest in him and know him and love him. Because when we get centered in a posture and a place that is real, it's not just a place of um, there's nothing bad happening in our life. It's actually when the bad stuff's happening in our life that this stuff is yeah. proven out. And you're like, he is so in control. And not only right. is he in control, my heart is so sure of him. Where like I was doing a word study uh, this past week. And um, I'm going to be using this a lot uh, in the future where uh, it talks about being fully convinced, fully persuaded. It says Abraham was fully persuaded that God was able to do what he said he was going to do. And that this is when he was asking Abraham to uh, sacrifice Isaac. He said, but being fully persuaded, he's like, well, he'd probably just rationalize that God would raise him from the dead if he killed his own son. But it's like, are, are we fully convinced of anything? And what I realize is most of us aren't. And I've like, I've got, I've got my wallet right here. And I use this example a lot when I teach, but I'm like, what happens if I let go of this? False. And then I'll ask you, are you sure? And they're like, of course, of course we're sure. Well, then I'll, I'll ask it so many times that they're like, they start questioning like, well, maybe, maybe right. it won't. Right. <laughs> but I'm like, no, no, it does. It falls every time. But you're, we're absolutely certain and positive in the force of gravity. We're fully persuaded in the um, laws of physics as, as human beings on this planet. Are you fully persuaded or convinced about any part of God's character and nature in your life. Do you know God like a father? Hmm. Like you know gravity. Do you know him as good, as a provider, as light, as wisdom, as righteousness, as faithfulness, as just, as kind? So the invitation to know him is an invitation into life because then you, what you realize is when we're, the power of salvation was um, that uh, he wouldn't remember our sins anymore. Your sins are forgiven, and it's a, it's a, there's life. Right. It's, it, he literally crushes death and sin. Death and yes. sin. So there's this invitation to say, okay, well, what does that mean? Is if death's defeated, do, do these bodies die? And you know, and if sin is defeated, what's what's the real deal here? What are we really fighting? And what we're really fighting is unbelief. And it's just like walking into, if you just like, I can't, you can't just will yourself to believe everything that's in here. Right. You know, when you actually trust God to be who he says he is, the best thing you can do is be honest about where you're at and just start dialoguing with the Lord and say, you know what? Because this is how my journey started. I just said, I don't really believe you're good. Right. I thought I thought I believed you were good, but now I'm realizing I don't have a grid. It's not it's not anchored in my heart where reality resides, where like my understanding of, of gravity resides. I don't have a sense of your nature or character in me. And I just want to grow in that. Hmm. And that's the journey he began taking me on to the point where I began getting filled with certainty. Faith is being certain of what we hope for. Mm -hmm. I began becoming certain God is who he says he is. And that when certainty happens, when faith happens, mountains start to move, miracles start to happen. His kingdom starts, his, his economy, his government starts wrapping itself around you. 
and he starts pointing out other places in your life that you're like, now you need to believe me for this and believe me for this and believe me for this. And it's the same journey, which is just declaring the truth of what he says in his word. Right. And then you're like, oh, okay. So I've got some work to do. It's, it's right. not micro, it's not microwave where it, right. it happens really quickly. It's a journey and he, he disciples you into it. Hmm. Yeah, that's good stuff. And I was sitting there and I was like, man, I want to ask this, but Go uh, ahead. maybe, another, you got? well, uh, you know, one thing that's come to mind to me is this idea of re being reborn. And to me, to be reborn means something has to die. Yep. I mean, and so many of, and myself included, you know, I gave my life to Jesus to say, and I believed in that, but it wasn't, uh, it wasn't a, it was more, it led to more, I think there's two approaches, self-control, or self-surrender. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what happens when you uh, you you already know this? I'm sure you you I heard I've heard you talk about it, but you like the the difference between uh, self-control and self and and surrender is one. You're trying to kind of cling to some of your old self and just polish yourself off, dust yourself off, just be a little bit better version of your old self. And I or or even a big a really good version of your old self. Right. But the problem is God doesn't want a really good old version of your old self. He wants, this is going to sound really harsh to some people. Right. Mm -hmm. He wants to kill you <laughs> and replace you with him. And the way that happens is when it says, when Christ died, all died. And when he rose, we, we ascended with him. Now there's, you can live in that reality, but it's a spiritual awakening. It's a spiritual, uh, decision that you make of will to say i'm going to die with you lord and some of that is daily dying some of that is like you might see a big chunk like uh of that happen and occur when you give your life to the lord and you just start seeing just stuff fall off of you just mm -hmm. like almost effortlessly other stuff requires some effort but it's a dying not a uh, improving of yourself. It's not a behavior modification. It is literally a let let the old me die. Right. It is a spiritual yeah. battle we're in, not a not one that's physical. Right. And, and to kind of and uh, to go off that, and then we'll kind of sum it up. But uh, behind me, I see I have my painting. It comes from your song, "Leave It All at the Cross." Mm. And I, I yeah, I'm not an artist, but one night. I just wanted to make a cross like the cross has become everything to me now you know i'm not trying to because that was such a hard thing but sometimes i get lost I'm like jay there is resurrection right. right with the cross but also you know we have to carry our cross and leaving that there leaving and laying it there and if you're not you're carrying around stolen goods yeah like uh to me that the imagery stuck with me and like, I just put everything on that cross. Now that I, I, it's a constant thing, you know, but not trying to go back and take that back. Yeah. So. We can't, Oh, we can't under emphasize the cross. And it's, it, I love the scripture where it says Jesus is the lamb crucified before the foundation of the earth. It was always going to happen. Mm -hmm. There was no, it, like the cross wasn't God's backup plan. Right. Like, hey, Jesus, uh, you remember the earth? I messed remember up. Those, yeah, yeah they, right. they screwed up and we got we to gotta come up with another plan. He was always going to come for us. There was never a moment he wasn't coming for you. There was never a moment he wasn't going to lay his life down and say, I want to display my nature and character to you. And the only way to do it is to show you the greatest act of love there is, which is to lay one's life down. And... It was the it was the double cross. He totally took the the, the devil's um, what the devil intended for harm, and was mm -hmm. like, not only am I uh, are you not gonna win, I'm defeating you by dying. Mm -hmm. It is like it was like the biggest mic. It was the cosmic mic drop <laughs> of forever. <laughs> of right, is. and like I don't know if you knew this. I'm gonna show this to you real quick. Uh, I was listening to a pastor uh, recently. And uh, he said at the center of the galaxy, they, they aimed their, all these scientists aimed their telescopes and guess what they found at the center of it? 
This is at the very center of our galaxy. At the core of where the brightness is, they see this, this cross element. And it's like, you just can't help but think it's like the Lord knows what he's doing and he knows what he's doing with his creation. And um, some people are like, well, that's just a coincidence. Well, it's like, right. there are no coincidences. Right. right. And, uh, th but you can't underestimate the cross. So mm -hmm. like the cross is the thing that we uh, get to um, always point to and, it is what sealed the new covenant that we get to walk mm -hmm. in because the, the new covenant is sealed by the shedding of blood and it was shed by his blood. And it, so it's perfect and it's permanent. And uh, when we really have a, a an awakening and a revelation that we right now live in a new covenant and his kingdom is present, just like he told the woman at the well, it's not only a time is coming. He goes, well, in fact, it's, it's now here. My kingdom's come. And his kingdom is available and accessible uh, to every person on the planet. And he just wants us to walk into it. Yeah, I heard someone say, you know, a kingdom, how do you know you're living in the kingdom? And it's when the king reigns. That's and, right. <laughs> and so then you start seeing everything as part of the kingdom. It's a, uh, inclusive kind of deal and it's just amazing so man so i wanted to kind of gear people to uh it's worshipfully.org yep. and you have some resources there and um you offer one-on-one for some guys that might be interested in that mm -hmm. uh groups you've led those retreats and and honestly, yeah. the worships are, are amazing yeah they are and i know that's kind of off the table right now to say but um just want to push yeah. people to your website. You got a blog there, e-newsletter, newsletter, and, and of course, giving. Like, um, you know, I know that's it's important. And uh, uh, yeah, I always uh, encourage people. It's like, don't ever give uh, until you receive, uh, especially from me, because it's like, I mm -hmm. want you to, I'd rather people get connected to this content because it will change your life right. when you learn how to know him intimately because the rest fall like dominoes. You don't have to try to love somebody, you know, really well, like God, when it, he's, when he's as good as he is, all you have to do is get to know him. Mm -hmm. You can't help but love him. Mm -hmm. And then everything else falls like dominoes. So don't mm -hmm. focus, don't focus on trying to see his glory or believe him more or love him more. You, all you have to do is get in the word, and do and have a pattern that is uh giving you the tool to get to know him mm -hmm. everything else falls in place all of it so then you're not like focused on the wrong things you're just just if you just had one aim and it was to know him everything else will take care of itself yeah and that's i have so many people ask me about prayer and 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 i'll end on this because that's no that's what you specialize you might be like ooh, jay but you know <laughs> I don't, I don't spend the majority of my days on my knees, to be honest, you know, but I feel like I live a life in prayer and constant dialogue with him. Mm -hmm. And, but there are those times where you intentionally have to take time and just sit. Mm -hmm. And so many people check out at that point, you know, so that's where I had to start in five minutes and it may feel like it's just. It may feel like an eternity. Right. And it slowly don't do it by just like trying not to think about it. You just let that stuff come. That's right. And, and it comes, you build on that. So. And this isn't the guilt or shame people. anybody, but right. if you're, if, if you want a, uh, a great relationship with God, there's no way around uh, the, the time commitment and the prayer commitment where you're mm -hmm. and the word commitment where you're getting mm -hmm. in the word, taking time and then praying it out loud to him. Uh, in the secret place because he's a rewarder of those who seek him in the private and it's it, church activity and group activity and small groups fantastic mm -hmm. you right. will never grow more than when you do when you spend quality alone time with him in his word in a prayer relationship now that where the community comes in is them spurring you on to keep keep at it but if you say you want a really great relationship with God and you're not doing those things, uh, ask yourself again, do I really want those things? Cause you you might be deluding yourself and it's like, 
you just have to commit. And, and when you do, the only reason that most of us don't want to do that is because we find prayer boring mm -hmm. and because it doesn't feel real and it doesn't at first. And so usually a big part of what I have to convince people to do is do this, do this. And it's not going to feel fantastic at first. And it may feel like completely complete baloney. It right. may feel like you're making stuff up. <laughs> it may feel like you're talking to the air. You may hate the sound of your own voice out loud. You might think you're going a little crazy because you're praying out loud by yourself, but that's the whole point. You like in order to even come to God and believe that he is requires faith. That's just basic Hebrews 11, just coming to him and just believing that he is requires faith. Belief. So, yeah. Belief. Yeah. Right. But then getting into the practice of doing this over and over, you're just never going to have a good relationship with anybody if you don't spend time with them and you don't talk to them. Right. That's it. Well, man, I I love this. Maybe we'll have to do it again for sure. Yeah. And, uh, uh, I just want to uh, come on and give me some time and just, I mean, you got me. I'm sitting here. I'm like, okay, I got to take all this in. Uh, so that's what I love about it. You know, we're I'm a bit of a fire hydrant. I apologize. Yeah, we're all going deeper, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and I think it's, uh, we're, we have to help those others too. And, mm -hmm. um, and that's what we're called to do. So appreciate you, Joel, and, uh, go check out Joel's website, uh, worship fully. I'm going to do the same and, uh, we'll see how long I can stay in your class. You don't kick me out. So. <laughs> all right, Thanks, man. Jay. Thanks. See you. As always, thank you for listening to Inspirations of Podcasts. For more information, be sure to visit www.inspirations.org.